0: Hello, and welcome to Jeff Pasito Reads. I'm Jeff Pasito, and this is today's story. Prism, chapter 8. Gerba. His bed was cold, but he suffered it like she had suffered him. The thin sheets draped over him feigning warmth, providing a false cocoon to the larva that was him. If he loosened his jaw, he feared his teeth would chatter uncontrollably and incite unending spasms throughout his body, and so he lay taut in the darkness. The cold inched its way into his flesh, arousing him and making it difficult to sleep, so he stood from the bed, naked, and peered through the bars of his Venetian to the grey-stained twilight world outside. The land rolled out from him in all directions, spilling forth in unending undulations of blackened moss-carpeted dunes, bordered on either side with jagged, craggy mountain peaks that seemed to touch the edge of the sky, but the earth ran away in front of him forever beyond the horizon. The horizontal prison-bar slats of the blinds melted into one another as the double-sealed windowpane stretched away to nothingness. The acrid thickness of the air around him burning weighed into each pore as his unblinking eyes scanned the horizon like a lost predator searching for an unknown quarry. A spark ignited in his mind, stabbing at the back of his vision and caused him to blink. A man laid screaming, his cries that of a thousand men, clutching at his left thigh, the rest of his leg a mangled and disfigured mess from the knee down. Crushed into the dirt, it was invisible, indiscernible from the earth, his deep crimson-brown blood ashen in the clay-gray earth. He opened his eyes, staring again at the endless sea of dead earth rolling before him. Another spark, another blink, and a boy, eighteen at most, Whiskerless and ghost-pale, was coughing up blood. Tar-black and thick, like molasses in late February, it poured down his weak chin and over the gaping hole in his chest. His entrails lay strewn before him like the long, crooked fingers of the devil, red and glistening in the night. His still-beating heart pounded vigorously in its cavity behind broken ribs, and with a final thump, he was back in the world of endless hills and impassable mountains. His breath caught in his throat as he inhaled deeply, and before another spike could stab at his synapses, he closed his eyes, exhaling with purpose, with intention. He returned to that world of dying men, that world so real yet so unbelievable. As he looked down at the wastes below him, he could see those men fill ditches that trenched their way through the landscape, splitting and cracking the land into sharp, tenuous sections. The thunderous clamor of gunpowder and subsequent rumble of each falling mortar betrayed the soldiers' shovels, destruction becoming the reason for the fractured ground he could count the dead if he tried each one a silently screaming soul before him one shot in the head one in the arm he blinked but the ravaged countryside remained two were shot in the legs one in the gut blinking again more fervently this time he opened his eyes on the horror still four of the men had their flesh wrenched from their bones by the backfiring of a mortar two one blink nine five blink Maybe he couldn't count them, too many dying, too many already dead. He watched the vascular system of trenches fill up with the men clambering over each other like rodents in a flooding cavern. On a signal lost to the din of war they discharged, exploding from the ditch like blood from a sliced artery. A sheet of men 10 deep, aged 16 to 26, sweeping across the ravished plain, and each of these men fell to the hard-packed mud that was once a lush, fertile field. They would sway momentarily, a sapling in a hurricane, like the wheat that stood where they did short years ago danced in the gentle breeze before falling to the farmer's scythe. This process continued, the dying body of war filling its veins with men and emptying them to their deaths over and over again. The blood of the bodies, tens of thousands deep now, ran in streams from the battlefield to the trenches, eroding their way back in smooth, trickling paths that grew steadily into raging rivers. The ichor ran heavy and fast tidal waves of muddy blood crashing into the breakwater of the filling trenches until the soldiers could no longer line up and gather for their slaughter. The channels of men, choked off from their release forward and still pressed from behind, filled with dark crimson blood, drowning them before they could die. These rivers of gore crisscrossed crossed the tortured landscape, building new channels and reshaping the earth right before his eyes. They raced in all directions, turning back on themselves. They braided their way towards a common fault. His eyes trailed the rivers of blood as they meandered from the horizon to his feet, and raising his hands to his face, he found the blood was on him, vining down from the empty pits of his eyes. Thank you for listening to today's story. Please join us next week for Chapter 9, Nietta. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can reach me by email at jeff at dot com. That's J-E-F-F at P-A-C-I-T-T-O dot com. On Twitter at j Reads or visit our website at pasito.com. See you soon.